We're on the air. Well, party's starting early today, isn't it? We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Hello, sports fans, and welcome to Live at Five. It's Live at Five, and it's brought to you by Foreman Watson Holtree, FWHlegal.com. And now, your host for Live at Five, Stephen A. Turner. What's up and welcome to Live at Five, brought to you by Foreman Watson Holtry. Dedicated to you, committed to justice. That's FWHlegal.com. Stephen A. Turner here in the floor. Concept Studios on a Final Four Friday, joined by Coach Vic Evans. What's up, man? Man, I'm, I'm loaded up full of turkey and ham and all the great sides from yesterday. Vic got my belly full. And now I'm ready for some big-time football games tonight. We got two across the Cromwell family of stations, and I, I couldn't be more pumped for high school football, Vic. It's always a good day when you're working on the Friday after Thanksgiving in our business. That's right. Because that means there's big games, and we have two monster games. Yeah, you teams get to practice on, on Thanksgiving. I saw that yesterday. Great events out there from both Owensboro Catholic and the Owensboro Red Devils. You're going to want to download the Owensboro Radio app. You can flip back and forth between both games tonight right there on the uh, the app. Uh, follow along, 1027 The Game, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Throughout the show, kicking it, text lines open, 270-903-0389. Like and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you consume your podcast. That's also, I believe the games will go up. Uh, on there as well. So the big games for the night, you'll be able to listen back to those. They'll be up tomorrow or, well, Monday. Yeah, well, I, I can get you my Roadcaster ASAP. Make sure we get the, the, the recordings up, especially for the folks out there that want to hear back the celebrations because two teams, Vic, tonight are going to state. I'm telling you, I feel I feel good. I woke up this morning feeling pretty good about our chances of putting two teams at Kroger ne- the next week. I think there's definitely a shot. I, I think that, uh, you know, you look at it, I think Catholic would be a heavy favorite uh, coming into the night and then uh but i do think that this Owensboro team i think they're being overlooked a little bit and uh, i think they've got a really good shot of punching their ticket to kroger field yeah i was get, i got a little carried away no bowling green's the favorites you have to go down to bowling green and obviously that's going to be a, a tall mountain to climb but i do like uh, the Owensboro catholic aces chances so and we'll break it down throughout the program uh, tonight i'll be on wbio with uh, the professor chris rally don't forget that programming note because kentucky uh, basketball is playing some basketball on uh, here on 1027 the game so it bumps us over to wbio as somerset rolls in and then vic and uh, dan will be over on wvjs uh, both seven o'clock kickoffs tonight and so we'll do a little short pregame, probably about 645-ish, and then uh, roll right into the action, and which will put two teams up at the, at the state tournament. Uh, but let's waste no time. I know we got Charles Leachman coming up, Purple's 88 in segment two. He's going to talk about the Bowling Green side of this Owensboro rivalry. Uh, segment three, right after 530, we're going to jump into the, uh, the statewide games and just preview some of the teams that uh, our two teams may see if they do make it to Kroger, plus uh, some, some interesting matchups in 4A and and in 6A, we'll talk about those a little bit before we get you set for Somerset, Owensboro Catholic to round out this final four Friday here on Live at Five. But it's the Owensboro Red Devils, nine and four, traveling down the fake interstate, I-65, uh, to take on the Bowling Green Purples, 10 and three on the season. These two teams matched up back in week two, Vic. Of course, that was the night where it was 150 degrees outside, and then Bowling Green won that matchup 42-28. I don't. I don't want to say that game doesn't mean anything tonight, 
but it doesn't mean anything tonight. No, it doesn't. And, and, and just to look at it, give you a few stats uh, for those games or during those games, the, the reason I think it doesn't mean anything is is Hampton ran the ball in that game uh, five times. Yeah, five times. Okay, well, if, well, I will say this. If Evan Hampton only has five carries tonight, Owensboro's losing the football game. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. So there you go. But if you look at it, things that Owensboro has to do better, Owensboro gave up 155 yards rushing to Bowling Green and only ran for 108 yards. Once again, if Owensboro only runs for 108 yards tonight, it's another it's a loss. That's right. Yeah. And if they probably give up over 150 to Bowling Green, it's a loss because Bowling Green's in, they're more of a throwing team. They come in throwing it for 256 yards a game, only rush it for 93 yards a game. So they you only average in 93 yards rush and you went for 155 against Owensboro. So I think that's the big thing. Owensboro has to run the ball. They have, they have to stop Bowling Green running, but they, can, they need to keep them under, I want to say under 80 to 90 yards and they win the football game. And then Bailey threw it, like you said. Bailey threw it for 321. DeLacy did throw it for 204, but the big number was the three picks. Now, that was only his second start. He's now a seasoned veteran. If they throw three picks tonight, or there's three turnovers tonight, Owensboro loses. I mean, they're going to have to play clean. Going to have to. Yeah, I think it starts there. No turnovers uh, for the Owensboro Red Devils is really where the keys to victory start for me is ball security. The three turnovers happened tonight. It's another one of those. Uh, you know, red X's. If that happens, Owensboro probably doesn't win the ball game. You talked about the rushing attack. It has to be there tonight, and I suspect it will. Even in a victory, you know, you look at this Bowling Green team, it's not the Bowling Green, uh, you know, makeup that we're accustomed to. Normally, it's, it's hey, they've got a super defense, and they're going to score enough, just enough points to beat you, Vic. This year, it's been an explosive offense and, and doing just enough to win it defensively. You look at their losses – you know, LCA, 56-52, loss. Bryan Station, 38-35, loss. And the only game all season where their offense was really controlled was a 27-12 loss to St. X, which is a step up into 6A. So you, you got to suspect, even if Owensboro plays well defensively, that Bowling Green's still going to get some with Deuce Bailey at quarterback. I mean, over a 3,000-yard passer, 39 touchdowns, only four interceptions. Trevi Barber's an absolute monster, just a sophomore out there, wide receiver, over 1,000 yards and 15 touchdowns. And they only rush it for 93 yards per game as a team, but even if Owensboro plays really well defensively, they could easily give up 28 to 35 points in this game, even with a great defensive performance. Yeah, you, as you talked about, other than St. X, you know, two of those three losses, those teams are still playing. Brian Station's in the Final Four, you know, and, uh, and well, LCA, LCA is not yeah. playing, but LCA, you know, they, they lose. Right there. Yeah, they're right there. And St. X, too. Same, same thing with Owensboro, though. You know, you, you lose to Cal, they're in the Final Four. You lose to Bowling Green, they're in the Final Four. You lose to Catholic, they're in the Final Four. Then you throw out the loss to Madisonville. That was the other loss. But you're right. Bowling Green's defense, this is not a normal Bowling Green team. They come up giving up 144 yards a game rushing. Those Bowling Green State Championship teams, they may not give up 144 yards rushing all year long. That's right, yeah. So, you know, I think I do think this is going to be a high-scoring game. The last one being 42-28. I do think it's going to be a lot like that. I also think the weather being a lot different. That game got a little out of hand. Because of the blocked field goal that Owensboro had, their defense was on the field for like 30 straight minutes in real time in 147,000 degrees, and they were dead until until they got to halftime were able to get off their feet. So it wasn't great complimentary football offense to defense. They had to do that tonight. The other big thing, too, is just havoc plays. We talk about havoc plays all the time. 
Bowling Green comes in the year, 82 tackle for losses, 28 sacks, and they force 30 turnovers. Those are the big numbers for me. Owensboro has to stay in ahead of the chains, and they have to win third down. They did not win third and fourth down against Bowling Green last time. They got them in a third and six, third and seven a lot and couldn't get them off the field. They have to win third down. Yeah, and, and some names to go along with that for the Owensboro fans out there. Jordan Green, and got to watch. Six sacks, 15 tackles for losses. They have 17 interceptions as a team. So, you know, we talked about that being a key stat. Owensboro doesn't need to throw the picks. You know, Newman and Warder both, three interceptions each. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's going to be opportunities there, and I, and I really like this matchup tonight differently uh, than last time just for the simple fact that you got Hampton at running back. It's just a completely different identity uh, offensively for the Devils than that offensive performance we saw way back in week two in a much more season to Lacey, who's at 2,100 yards, 22 touchdowns. He has six rushing touchdowns, so can be sneaky with his legs. And here's the stat. Here's the stat that I've been looking for. For Evan Hampton, since been inserted into the role, right? His his production's gone up, but there's really it's really hard to gauge, you know, exactly how big of an impact he's had. Well, this is the biggest one of all. Every single time Owensboro hands the ball off to Evan Hampton, on average, it's for a first down. Yes, it's almost eleven yards, ten point six yards per carry every single carry. That is an astonishing stat. We haven't seen that since like. And what they weren't running Jaheim Williams and Henderson. He only had like what twenty eight carries on the season. He's averaging like fifteen yards per rush. This is in a much larger sample size, and he's going for a first down every time he takes a handoff. I'm not saying he'll do that tonight, but I'm, I I think he can get close. I think Evan Hampton is the guy that makes Owensboro go from being a Final Four level team to the state championship level team, and we didn't see that back in week two. No, we did not. And I'll tell you something else. I'll give you two names for Owensboro to win. Have to have big games for them. Uh, one is Darian Crow. He is the the havoc maker on defense, him and Cortland Howard. But Crow is the guy that can really get at you. Then the guy, just like DeLacy, the guy who has gotten better week after week after week. You go back to he struggled in week one and week two when you open the year making his first starts against – Cal and against Bowling Green, and that's Tavion Bennett. And and we talk about how they throw the football, but I love Tavion Bennett. They've also inserted Winstead Moore as a strong safety, as a safety or as a linebacker on defense. That really helps them also. That gives them a thumper and more speed back there in the in the secondary. That could be I think the secondary's got to play great tonight for Owensboro to win. Yeah, I think a big yeah, secondary's best friend is pressure. And that Owensboro comes in, 21 sacks on the season. You know, you got Crow with three sacks. Cortland Howard's got four sacks. But I like to see what Owensboro game plan, what they game plan defensively as far as bringing guys maybe that aren't accounted for off the edge. You know, we've seen it in the past from this defense. Defensive back blitz. is thing about Bailey is he likes to scramble. He can run around. He can extend plays. So much like we talk about with Brady Atwell, you got to bring pressure from multiple angles. When you got those guys like Howard and Crow, they help you up front, and then you bring a guy from the other side, and I think that's where you kind of contain Deuce Bailey a little bit more. And, and havoc plays is the key word. I think those that Owens real defense tonight is going to create some havoc plays. They're going to have to. And the other guy to watch out for is Jayshon Carr, who has played great all year long. I think he's a the guy they're starting to walk up a little more and play on the edge. I can think you. I can think you see him blitz a few times I think tonight. That's the guy. Yeah, I think that's the guy. Him and Crow. And and I don't think you can beat Bowling Green by trying to rush three and drop eight. 
And there were times they did that in game two. And the problem was when Bailey started to move around, when he only rushed in three, that leaves a lot of holes for him to kind of sneak in and pick up first downs. I think they got to bring pressure tonight. I really do. I think you got to bring pressure tonight. I don't think you can let him sit back and try to pick you apart. And that's where Crow and Carr and Howard are going to play such a big role. Yeah, I mean, they're talking to the eye in the sky right up through the week. I talked to some folks around talking about this game. And they said, if you look at the games in which Bailey has struggled, the state championship game last year, the game against St. X, he really, really struggled. It was tons of pressure. They brought pressure almost every single defensive snap. And for me... You know, this is something the groundwork's been laid in other levels of football. You, you go out and you see, you know, how was that team successful? Well, let's do, let's blueprint. You hear that all the time. Well, they might have wrote the blueprint on how to slow down Bailey. I think you got to follow that tonight. You've seen examples of it given to you by the Frederick Douglass defense in the state championship game a year ago and by your good friend Kevin Wallace, uh, you know, up in the regular season when they played St. X. And here's the thing Owensboro has the talent to be. Equal with those defense, not like oh well they can't do that because they're not quite as talented. No, they are. Mm-hmm. They are as talented. Take the blueprint, apply it tonight, and, and get after Bailey a little bit. Yeah, get after Bailey. I think you get after Bailey as much as possible, and you feed Evan Hanton the football and Winstead that change of base back. And then the other thing too is Crow and Morris in the passing game because Darian Crow is such a mismatch up the seam. Now, Bowling Green attacked in the passing game against Owensboro. They attacked the seam, and they killed Owensboro with screen passes. So I think you kind of flip that scritch a little bit, and you get Crow up the seam, and you take the shots one-on-one when you get the opportunity with Morris and Kimbrell on the outside. So the right implement keys to victory. I think we, we've kind of we've kind of hit hit them all. I think ball security's got to be number one. Would you, number would you one. agree? Yes. Number two, I, I have pressure on Bailey. I yes. think bringing pressure from multiple angles, try to make him as uncomfortable as you can, would be number two. And then number three, di- discipline in the defensive backfield. I, I think you have to. You know, he there's gonna he's a great player. This is a great offense. Trevi is a great wide receiver. You're they're going to hit chunk plays. Yes. It's just a matter of, of having the discipline to put that play behind you and get on to the next play and don't let it snowball into multiple plays. I think those are the three keys to victory. And we haven't even mentioned the, anything from the Owensboro offense. I think defensively is the key. If you can slow Bowling Green down, I have ultimate faith that Evan Hampton's going to get his tonight. And that's why I don't really have a, a key to victory on the offensive side. No, I think you hit it. I think it comes on the defensive side, especially because I'm like you. I think Owensboro will score points. Those are, the, to me, are the three big keys also. Yeah, so it's going to be fun. WVJS, the uh, right implement tonight. We'll have Vic and Dan down there, 7 o'clock. Uh, be sure and download that Owensboro radio app. We'll hear from Charles Leachman. Uh, Purple's at 8 kind of put a cap on this uh, Bowling Green Owensboro preview. We'll move to statewide games and Catholic before we get out of here on a Final Four Friday, live at 5, 1027 the game. Local sports at its finest, live at 5 with Stephen A. Turner and Vic Evans on 102.7 The Game. Live at 5, brought to you by Foreman Watson Holtry. Dedicated to you, committed to justice. That's FWHlegal.com. Here in the Floor Concept Studios on a semifinal Friday here as we're going to go to the Green River Area Federal Credit Union hotline right now and get Purple's 88 out there. Mr. Charles Leachman, welcome to Live at 5. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? 
Doing great, man, and we're ready for some playoff football. You know, it's uh, it's that time of year. We got some some turkey in our belly, some ham in our belly, and we're ready <laughs> for a tremendous semifinal matchup. And it, it, man, it don't get much better than this when you talk about Bowling Green, Owensboro. It doesn't get much better than that in week two of the season. But this is the semifinals. The winner goes to Kroger Field, Charles, and it don't get much better than this. It really doesn't. These teams have really battled throughout the years, some ups and downs for both teams, and uh, they've really overcome some some um, disappointing games for each team, but they continue to find uh, themselves on the same path, and uh, it, it's a great rivalry. This will be the 84th meeting. Uh, it's a real, really slim uh, with Bowling Green leading 42-39-2 and two overall, so it's just a great Western Kentucky rivalry. Yeah, and it's been a matchup lately that's been heavy on the purple side. You talked about that forty-nine or forty-two, thirty-nine and two record with Bowling Green slightly in front. They've really uh, closed the margin and pulled ahead of the Devils within the last uh, decade or so. It's been a pretty heavy dominance uh, on the Bowling Green side. It, it really has. You know, um, I think since two thousand eight, Bowling Green's won something like the past. 15, 16 out of, out of 17, 18 games. And, but, but for Owensboro fans, hang in there. I mean, back in the 50s and 60s, you won 15 straight. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a different time. But I think now Owensboro's really in a good position to uh, continue to, to play up. Most folks thought that this Owensboro team would be really young and experienced to be a, you know, a, a uh, a growing year per, per se, and they've really, they've really uh, circled the wagons and played really well of late. You know, they they played in week two. It was a Bowling Green forty two twenty eight victory in a game that you know I called and 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 I really think that it, the first half kind of got away from Owensboro as the defense had to stay on the field, and it was a day there where it was like one hundred and forty seven thousand degrees <laughs> in the heat index, and and because of the blocked extra uh, blocked field goal return for a touchdown and and some things that happened, so I think it kind of played a, a part of the game, but also a big difference. Uh, Charles is, you know, Evan Hampton's now become, you know, RB1. You know, Winstead was then. He had some injury uh, problems. They move Hampton in, and he gives a different back than what Owensboro had with Winstead, and that is that explosive, ready to take the ball 80 yards on any single time you give it to him, and that's something the Purples are going to have to adjust to. That's a really great point. You know, I think that the first game he lined up at at wide receiver. He was a wide receiver, correct. Yep, and he maybe only touched the ball maybe five times, and that's that's just not the way Owensboro's playing right now. But to their credit, that's a great uh, switch that they've made. And Evan Hampton is just a really special player. I think he's a Mr. Football-type caliber player that, you know, he's only a sophomore. Uh, When he was a freshman, you know, he started just just taking – uh, kickoffs and running some of those back. So th- th- that that young man is going to be tough for the Purples to uh, to, to try to control. But but I, you know they they probably will be focused on him. And I, but I, I think Owensboro's multi talented has a lot of good players to spread the ball to. But you know I think Evan Hampton's got almost twenty carries the last two games against South Warren and then against Atherton. And he's he's gotten tremendous yardage from their uh, multiple touchdowns each game. So I, I look for him to get the ball a lot against Bowling Green. You know, and you cover Bowling Green as much as anybody. And 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 looking at some of the past championship teams of Bowling Green. <laughs> 
this defense may be like kind of a step, a notch below those type of teams that it's been a defense that's given up quite a few points at times, given up quite a few yards at times. Is, is that maybe your biggest worry for Bowling Green in this game, that maybe defensively it's not as good as some of the championship Bowling Green teams in the past? You know, that that's really well said. Uh, in, in the past, Bowling Green, that they, they joke, they have a, what they call a jungle D, that they really get everybody to the ball and, and they shut teams out and all this and that. Well, that really hasn't been the case this season, at, at, at least uh, the, the regular season anyway. They, they have, similar to Owensboro switching Hampton from wide receiver to running back, Bowling Green switched some guys around on the defensive side. It, it, it may not be classic Bowling Green championship defense per se, but, but in my opinion, they have gotten better. Has that been because they've played lesser teams or have they gotten better? I think we're going to find out Friday night. Yeah, you know, and, and, and what was the chatter down there? I know you co- you do a great job on Bluegrass Preps. Not just, like I said before, when we've had you on, not just covering Bowling Green, but the, the whole western uh, part of Kentucky. And what was the chatter down there? You know, when Owensboro took down South Warren, I think the expectations around here were kind of ho hum. Uh, well, the Owensboro would be done after round two, and then they go and they not only beat South Warren, but they handle them. You know, what was the thoughts down there from you guys when you saw that result? You know, that the, the, that's an interesting point because I, I was at the, the Bowling Green uh, Graves County game down in Bowling Green and pretty much everybody in the stands around where I was they were all keeping up with the Owensboro South Warren game and uh, they, like most people I talked to knew Owensboro had what I call a puncher's chance like that you know that the, they, they could be in the game but most everyone thought South was the favorite and, and possibly rightfully so but Owensboro really came to play, and they really turned it around after that Mastonville game, and have really just done a super job since that that point in time and putting Hampton back at at, at uh, running back, and they're a very tough team right now. You know, and for me, calling the first game, I thought the big difference of that game was Bowling Green absolutely won third down early in the, a couple of Bowling Green drives. The Devils get them into third and six, third and seven. Couldn't get them off the field. They also, you know, got a couple fourth down uh, conversions on 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 fourth down on those two drives too. To me, that's the biggest key of the day. Owensboro has to find a way. You know, Bailey would run around a little bit. They would hit balls up the seam. The screen pass was huge. Owensboro has to find a way to get Bowling Green off the field on third down and convert some third downs, which Bowling did to get a great job getting some three and outs against Owensboro. You know that that's part of the of the of the cadence of the game, if you can extend your drives and limit your opponent's drives, that's, that's success to, to win the game. And I thought, uh, you know, in, in that game, in Owensboro, Bowling Green, Owensboro game, that, that uh, Deuce Bailey did a good good job of avoiding some, some of the rush that Owensboro did get on him and making the play after some quarterbacks may have just gone ahead and taken the sack. So, uh you know, we're, Bowling Green's fortunate to have a mobile quarterback, too, so I think that helped them. And then I, I think that this game, Owensboro has a better chance just because giving the ball to Hampton gives them, in my opinion, the ability to, to extend the drives. Those third downs, giving it to, to Hampton is m- more favorable for Owensboro, I think. 
Yeah, and you know, I want to highlight your, your quarterback a little bit. Deuce Bailey's an absolute stud. He's over 300 yards a game on average, uh, right at about five touchdowns every single time he steps on the field throwing the football. And, and for me, I think that's the key to victory for Owensboro, even over ball security and stuff like that that you would normally put right at the top of keys to victory. I think it's got to be to limit the big plays in the passing game, which uh, Bowling Green is absolutely capable of doing. You know, talk about that passing offense and some of the weapons that the, the Devils are going to see uh, here in just a little bit. You know, an interesting piece is that that one, Bowling Green's best wide receiver coming into the season uh, tore his uh, Achilles tendon in the first scrimmage and has, has never played since. So that put Travy Barber, who's a sophomore, into the spotlight, into the number one slot. The young man is is extremely fast, runs really crisp routes. He'll likely get a double team uh, from Owensboro on Friday. I, I look for that. But Bowling Green has some other guys, more possession-type guys, uh, like tight end uh, Matthew Klein um, and uh, – Mr. Notmeyer, he's a sophomore, too. Uh, they've also got two sophomore running backs that have really come on the stage that we didn't really know about, and they've, they've had considerable um, uh, plus pluses for the Purples going down. So, so the, there are many guys that Bailey can look to, like coming out of the backfield, uh, second and third choices, that he's pretty comfortable throwing them to all of them, which makes him pretty dangerous. Yeah, and you know what? What's your biggest concern as you go into the game? There's got to be an area in the back of your mind. And you're thinking, uh, outside of maybe Evan Hampton running for 200 yards. I mean, is there anything else that that really uh, concerns you coming into this game uh, for the Bowling Green Purples? Well, uh, Darion Crow is a junior. Uh, he plays, uh, I believe, linebacker and wide receiver for Owensboro. He's like third biggest tackler. He's fourth in re- in receiving. He's fourth in running. He blocked, I believe he blocked the, the, the field goal uh, or extra point attempt that Bowling Green had in the first game, ran it all the way back. And he he's undervalued, in my opinion, for Owensboro. He's got a lot of upside, and if Owensboro gets him the ball, I think he'll deliver for him. Yeah, to me, he's the he's the Owensboro's difference maker, both creating havoc plays on defense but then he's an absolute weapon up the scene that they, they need to take advantage of because he can be a mismatch nightmare up the scene and in the middle of the field and can take it to the house anytime also. Absolutely. I totally agree. Well, Charles, Charles, thank you so much uh, for giving us some time. I know it's a, it's it's an exciting time, always this time of year, especially when you talk about these two storied programs. You know, what do you think that, that crowd's going to be like tonight down there on the turf, uh, down there in Bowling Green? You know, uh, I think that with with it being the holidays and a lot of a lot of former players and families coming back to to Bowling Green and, and in that I expect it to be a, a, a big crowd and, and, and a loud, energetic crowd. And I'm hoping Omensboro will bring uh, a lot of people as well. The easy trip and um, uh, great, great, great game tomorrow. Omensboro will travel. I promise you that. Omensboro's yeah. going to, you know, there was, they, they had a huge <laughs> crowd at Atherton. And, and that was the first thing when they found out who won that they told me was, a trip to Bowling Green is a lot easier than going to Hollands. It sure and, is, you know, and and and, and, and you know they're they're the two. It's the best rivalry in Western Kentucky, no doubt, and it should it be is. a great game. Absolutely, absolutely, great, great game. Charles, thank you so much for for giving us some time. Enjoy it. Have fun. And, You're not gonna get his prediction. 
You got to ask him who wins. Who, yeah, all right, all right. I'll Come put on, you on now, Steve. I, I was going to let him off the hook, man. I'm in a holiday spirit. Yeah, Charles, give us a final score for this, and what do you think? Well, I, I mean, I, I am a, I am a purple. So you got to stay I am, true. At home, at home, at home I'm going to go uh, 35-27 Bowling Green, but but I think it's close for, for a long period, and I just think Bowling Green extends their offensive drives a few more times than, than Owensboro, but but it but but they're they're in the game and they're competitive and it, it's it's you know anybody's game for for a long period of time. I think both offenses show out. Give me the Devils forty two thirty eight in a oh, shootout. Wow. Oh man, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be more like Charles. I, I think it, it's close to the end. I agree with you. I think Owensboro's earned the, the the respect. I mean, what they did to South Warren boggled my mind. I think if that Red Devil team shows up and the ball security's there, I think this is a very close game. I'm going I'm to say Bowling Green 35, Owensboro 28. I, I will think. say this. The biggest difference for me is where DeLacy is now as a quarterback is night and day from where he was week two. Yeah. You know, when you make right. your first two starts at quarterback as a varsity quarterback and they're versus Cal and they're versus Bowling Green, that's tough starts. He has settled in. Fair. Now, he cannot throw three picks like he did last time. You know, I think turnovers will play right. a huge factor. But the, right. the way Trevor DeLacy's playing right now with that offense and commanding that offense is night and day from where he was in week two. Absolutely. And I think that the, the way he played in the South Warren game, I guarantee the BG coaches are uh, t- t- took that into consideration. and they, they know he's a lot better player now than then. Yeah, and I think that South Warren game, you know, it, it really got the attention, not just of the fans, right, but of the coaching staff. And, and I, I know both teams will be prepared with great coaching staffs. Enjoy the game, and uh, don't lose your voice down there screaming for the Purples now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate you guys. Have a, have, have a great day. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Charles Leachman there. And you can find him on Bluegrass Press, Purples 88. He covers Western Kentucky, does a phenomenal job. And, uh, he's, you know, he's a purples guy, but he's always non-biased. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. he's going to lean purples, obviously. But but at the end of the day, I mean, he's got a lot of respect for Owensboro. This is a blood feud. I mean, some of these Owensboro and Bowling Green fans, uh, they, you know, they're never going to pick each other. But he, he's the one that has a lot of respect for the Red Devils. Listen, it's two schools that are entwined in history. You know, you know, Gerald Pointer was coaching oh, yeah. down at Bowling Green. I mean, these are two independent schools that are entwined in history. You're playing for the 84th time or whatever it is. It's like I said, I, I will take this rivalry as being it's one of the top three three rivalries in, on any part of the state, but by far and away the best rivalry in Western Kentucky. Absolutely, we got a few more rivalry games. We'll do a quick segment three. We'll look at the state games and come back in the final long final segment and get a preview for Somerset Owensboro Catholic. You hear that game on WBO, the Red Devils and the Purples, of course. Always on WVJS. We'll be right back here live at 5, 1027 The Game. And now, more Live at 5 with Stephen A. Turner and Vic Evans on 102.7 The Game. Live at 5, brought to you by Foreman Watson Holtry, FWHlegal.com. Stephen A. Turner, Vic Evans here in the Floor Concept Studios getting set for Final Four football across the state of Kentucky, Vic. And not just here, but it's everywhere. I mean, big-time matchups, and we'll start in 2A. We won't spend a ton of time on these because I want to get to Somerset and Owensboro Catholic. But Beachwood's at Mayfield. It's a historic rivalry, two of the most storied football programs in the state. And now you got Beachwood coming all the way across the state 
to play down at Mayfield. It was a rematch of last year's championship game. 14-13 heartbreaker. Beachwood won it. They've actually won the last two in the state title game against Mayfield. You have to go all the way back to 2019 for Mayfield's last win over Beachwood. And uh, but But here's the thing. Mayfield's at home. Right, you're at War way Memorial. They, what I saw last week, there's no way I'm betting against Mayfield this week. Well, you know, I was looking at Kentucky lines. Uh, Beachwood's getting three and a half. They're getting three and a half. Man, yeah, yeah so Mayfield's a three, three and, and a half, half point, point favorite, favorite down there at home, which is a little low because I think War Memorial's worth about 10. It should be a really great game. I think it's. I think you're going to find another final like 21-20, 22-21, somebody getting a two-pointer conversion to win or missing a, a tight extra point. I guess what this game's going to come down to. Yeah, I was very impressed with the running back for Mayfield last week. I'll be interested to see. I know Beachwood very physical up front, uh, so that'll be an interesting matchup. But then when Beachwood has the football, I mean, Clay Hayden, the quarterback, 267 yards, four touchdowns per game at quarterback. But the thing is, Mayfield, what they installed defensively against LCA almost stays in this week because you got another aerial attack coming in in Beachwood. I think – I think Mayfield will be prepared for it tonight. Hey, I would love to see a Catholic Mayfield matchup in the state championship game. That would just be, you know, it'd be almost Western like getting, it right? would almost be yeah. like getting Owensboro Bowling Green in the state final a few years ago. Yeah, established that Western Kentucky dominance. Should be a great game down there tonight at Mayfield. Now, if you're looking for an opponent for the Red Devils, it's going to be 11 and 2 Cooper at 12 and 1 Highlands. A mid-season game where Highlands won in the regular season 58-51. I would expect some fireworks there, but Cooper hasn't lost since. They come in red hot, Vic. Can they go into Highlands and get the win tonight? Yes, I'm going to predict an upset and say Cooper does fit the win. I will say in that game, Highlands got out big. Cooper fought to come back and Highlands held on. But I think it's going to be a game where you, I would set the over and under somewhere around 84 and a half. Yeah, and I think they go over that. <laughs> and I'm going, to, I'm going to go with you. I think Cooper... Gets to win. If Owens, here's the thing. Regardless of who wins, if Owensboro goes to Bowling Green and wins tonight, in my opinion, they're rolling into the state championship game as favorites. Oh, I would agree. You'd have to. You, you would have gone through that group, beating South Warren and Bowling Green. You'd have to be the favorite. What a path. Yeah. What a path for the Red Devils, and see if they can bring it home tonight. We'll run through these in three uh, A. Cal's heavy favorites over Lexington Catholic. You got the Western Kentucky team that we know we've got to know well. Hart County. Hosting Bell. So Give me Hart in the big upset. Ooh, Bell's got that. Bell Cal running back. So this should be an interesting ball game. In 4A, I mean, none of the teams that are left have lost. Correct. I mean, they're all undefeated. Great matchups when you talk about Paducah Tillman going all the way up to Covcath. And I'm taking the Blue Tornado. I like Paducah. I think Covcath wins, but I would not I'm be shocked PT. to see the, the Blue Tornadoes pull an upset. They're the most underrated team in the state. I'm I'm calling Paducah Tillman in the state championship game, even with the long road up to Cal, and then you got Boyle County having to go on the road to Franklin County. I think Boyle handles business even on the road. Boyle's the best team in the state. They go undefeated and win a state title. Yeah, the way they they put 21 points on Corbin's defense last week. So this is a very explosive uh, Boyle offense. In 6A, you got our old friend Hawkins, uh, Coach Hawkins up there. Good luck tonight as Brian Station takes on Ballard. Uh, they beat Ballard in the regular season 28-21, but they're on the road tonight. Who wins this game? Brian Station. 
I'm going, yeah, I'm going Coach Hawkins yeah. all the way to the Brian state Stacey title game. goes to the state title game. Love it, man. And then on the other side, never betting against Frederick Douglass again. The Fighting Ryan Lemons are at Trinity, and who they beat in 17-14 in the regular season. First of all, prayers up to the to the Frederick Douglass family oh, that's a with, with the, deal, with the yeah. tragedy yesterday. And, and I think it really highlights what, what Freddie Magger has been saying all week. It's okay not to be okay and ask for help. Yeah. So for young kids listening out there, it is okay to ask for help. But uh, so prayers to the Dunn family and the Freddie yeah, Douglas and, family and the Thomas Moore family and the Thomas Moore family and the G Mike career up yep. in, the, in the Thomas Moore. I think Trinity Trinity gets the bounce back win here. I'm gonna go Trinity. Frederick Douglas is playing with heavy hearts tonight, yeah, and that's always gonna be interesting. It's either to see you how they never respond. which way it goes. It can right. either be a great thing, you know, that really galvanizes the whole team, or it can just be one that the energy level is way down. But I I, I like Trinity in this one. Going Douglas. Okay. I think Douglas I is right. a team of destiny. At this point, I'm not picking against them again. I think you're, they're your 6A champs after I mocked them for moving up last year. They're, they're doing They've been a 6A team way. since like 2021, right. Steve. Come but on. they're playing 6A opponents I now and, and still getting it done. So I have to tip my cap to, to Frederick Douglas, Coach McPeak, and those guys up there. When we come back, we're going to preview some semifinal action. Somerset coming into Steel Stadium to close it out on a Final Four Friday live at 5-1027 the game. Local sports at its finest, live at 5, with Stephen A. Turner and Vic Evans on 102.7 The Game. Live at 5, brought to you by Foreman Watson Holtry, FWHlegal.com. Don't forget to download that Owensboro radio app. You can listen to Vic and Dan down in Bowling Green tonight, 7 o'clock on WVJS. Or me and the professor will be over on WBIO as uh, we get set for this game right here, Catholic and Somerset. And hey, if your team's out, Maybe you don't have any vested interest. You don't care about high school football anymore. We've got the cats for you right here on 1027 The Game. So we got you covered on every angle. We've gone through a football Friday, Vic, on a Kentucky-Louisville football Friday. We didn't even talk about the cards and the cats. Just really quick, who wins that game tomorrow? Louisville by 21. Oh, it's not that It's not that big of a blowout. Louisville. I'm taking – give me the cats by three. All right, I'll go Louisville by 21. It's two teams coming in, heading in completely different directions, and I have no idea what I'm doing picking Kentucky, but man, we'll throw it out there. I've been saying it all year. i got to stand by it. There you go. I just think this – I think Kentucky's team, uh, I think they have moved on. Yeah, maybe so. And you, but it's Louisville, though. It is I'm hoping Louisville. that brings the Cats together. That's my theory, but we'll see how it plays out. The game's so big, I have to have it on 102.7 the game and WVJS as you got the cards calling VJS and the Cats – Right here on 102.7 The Game. We'll have football for you all weekend long right here on the Cromwell family of networks. But And then basketball previews start Monday. We got the, the top 10 on the girls' side with our all-area preseason team there as well as football recaps Monday here on Live at 5. And then we'll do the boys on Tuesday, top 10, as basketball tips off around the region. I also have a coaches show crammed in there somewhere. Somewhere. Get ready. Get ready because next week is going to be insanity yes. across the board. we've got two teams playing at State. That's what I mean, we're hoping. It's be crazy. Yeah, yeah. we got Wesleyan basketball And well. two Wesleyan basketball yeah. games. Let's do it. Let's strap in for next week. But until then, tonight, WBIO, Somerset 10-3 and comes in taking on undefeated Owensboro Catholic. You look at Somerset's losses, Vic. Only one point losses to Perry Central in a game that they should have. They, 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 they won. They won that game. They won. Yeah, the yeah. referees were suspended. I think. For, yes. for having a, a you know a mistake. Glasgow. I mean, how do you make that mistake? It was a blocked field goal that went backwards. The other team started celebrating. The holder picks it up and runs it in for a touchdown. 
And they disallow it. They disallow it. So, you know, realistically, Somerset's 11-2 and two Yes, coming in. The other loss was a one-point loss to Glasgow and then a seven-point loss to Campbellsville, which is still playing in the 1A playoffs. You talk about the offense, and it starts with the running game. Cam Hughes, 1,900 yards, 34 touchdowns. He goes for 146 yards per game. And then his tag team partner, Chris Hughes, 700 yards, 12 touchdowns. So between the two of them, they're over 200 yards a game every time out. And so that's where it's going to start for me tonight is that Owens Rural Catholic run defense, which has been so good all year long, is going to have to, to be up to the task. I mean, only giving up 82 yards per game led by Vince Carrico. So who's it going to be? Is it going to be the Hugheses? Or is it going to be the front seven of Owensboro Catholic, which was well represented on our all area team, led by Vince Carrico? Yeah, that's the key. I mean, will the Hughes brothers be able to run against the law firm of Carrico, Carrico, Blair, and uh, Burns. Burns and Edge and Edge? I mean, that that's that's the key to the game. And, and listen, Green County came in with that same identity. They were going to run the football, and they were going to, and I think they gashed them early, running tempo. And then Carrico makes the, the the fumble recovery, and then they just shut the running game down. I, you know, now the one thing that they can do that Green County didn't do, their quarterback actually is very efficient in throwing the football. Efficient, but yeah, fifteen hundred passing yards, seventeen touchdowns, only three interceptions. They don't make a lot of mistakes, but they're only throwing it for about one hundred and fourteen yards per game. That but, number has to. He's got to throw for over. They got to. They have to be more balanced. And if they're going to win this game on an upside, he's going to have to throw for over two hundred. They're going to have to run for over two hundred. My recipe for 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 the Briar Jumpers would be similar to what McLean County did to him a few years ago at Catholic, and that's run for three or four yards, take that play clock all the way to zero on every single. You don't you know how frustrating that can be. For an offense, when you're sitting there watching a 12 and 13 play drive that takes nine minutes off the clock, right? If they could, and that's and here's the thing, Coach Clevenger's coming in, leading the Briar Jumpers. I would suspect you will not see any tempo from Somerset tonight. I think it's going to be slow paced. It's going to be hand the ball off, look for three to four yards on every carry, take that play clock all the way down to nothing, and limit the amount of times you've got to see the best quarterback in the state and Brady Atwell. That's the recipe yeah. for the Briar Jumpers for me. It's to slow it down. You try to score with them, it ain't going to happen. No, it's to, it's to slow it down and be a one-score game in the fourth quarter. It's been a while since Calix had to play somebody in a one-score game. I think Lawnsboro's it. So if you're if you're a Somerset fan, the thing has to be is you got to get into the fourth quarter, either either one score down or one score up. And then hope the pressure and that Calakai tries to force things. I don't see that happening. I think Calakai puts up twenty eight points in the first quarter and a half. Yeah, I think I think in, in order you know how you know you play basketball and the team would try to hold it right off the bat. You know, you've seen these basket high school basketball games with no shot clock where a team will win the tip, they'll hold it the whole quarter, puts a lot of pressure on the other team every single possession. So I think if Catholic could come out of the gate jump out to the early lead, it could really discourage that type of play. From But if, if they were to fall behind early and Somerset's able to control that ball and control that clock, then all of a sudden the pressure, as the game wears on, you get into the fourth quarter and it's a one-score game, I promise you that Owens Real Catholic sideline is going to be tight. And that's something I don't think they want. And I don't think you'll see that. I think Brady Atwell is proven to me. I mean, this offense, time in, Too many time weapons. out. They've answered the bell. And the thing about Brady is you can sh- stop his – top two weapons you can slow him down and he's just going to hit weapon number three right he's going to hit weapon number four or he's going to be the weapon and take off with his legs i mean at the end of the day 
There's just so many options for him. And when you watch him play quarterback, you take away that first read, he goes right to the second read. And he gets rid of the ball very fast. I, I, I haven't seen a team – we thought all year he was going to be under pressure, but I haven't seen him pressured a ton. Owensboro, I think, did the best job of it. I think he's been sacked four times this year. That's yeah, it. I mean, he eludes pressure. He's got great pocket presence. Here's the thing, too. Weapon number four – is Mitchell Sims. Yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. the thing. And I say that, but you think about it, they were facing fourth and 13 against Owensboro, and what did they, Brady Atwell do? Throw a dime to Noah Reinerson, who took a, a shot and a half, held on, they drive down and score. Yeah, and we don't even mention guys like Blair. Right. Guys like Edge. Yes. You know, guys that can totally be featured in this offense if they, but they just haven't been needed. It's like, hey, guys, just – Hang out, worry about playing defense, and if we need you for one offensive possession, we'll have it. Well, Blair it. had like the big touchdown catch against Owensboro coming out of the backfield, wide open because you don't you don't account for him. I was I was sitting at home thinking about some of the guys that might have got snubbed from first or second team, and it's because of production. But when you're if Blair played for any other city in the school, it's a first it's a school in a, the city. He's a all, he's a first team linebacker, easy, yeah. easy right? But it's like he's just a role player, and he just does his job really really well. And so I think he, he's just another guy that can be a, an X factor. If he, if he emerges, he could be, certainly be somebody to beat you. But Atwell, I mean, his numbers are astonishing. Uh, you talk about 60 touchdowns to six interceptions, 289 yards per game, five touchdowns every single timeout. To his number one receiver, Tut Carrico, 109 yards every timeout, two touchdowns. It's a pretty good combination between those two. But – the Somerset pass defense has only given up about 91 yards per game. They haven't in. played a pass, a pass offense this good. No, not even close. Yeah. And 17 interceptions. Now, that's the big number. Cam Hughes has six. And a guy to watch for them, a name tonight, is a freshman for Somerset. Austin Lawless, 10 tackles for loss, six sacks. We always look for those. Freddie taught us, right? Yep. Those havoc players. creators. And Lawless, just a freshman, is one of those guys. So I think that's a guy you're going to have to identify – if you're Owensboro Catholic and, and and try to limit him, especially those tackles for losses, which you don't see very much from this Catholic offense. Listen, I could be totally off base here, but I think Somerset's best chance of winning this football game is not happening. There's not a 45-mile-an-hour win, snow and rain. Yeah, I'm not going to discount. Here's the thing about Somerset that worries me. I, you know, I'm all in on Catholic. Somehow or another, I became, I'm bleeding green in football season. I don't know what it is. He called all their I love, games. I love watching it's fun. I love the way they go about their business. I think their coaching staff does such a great job. Play calls, the way they mix in their personnel. We talked about all these weapons. For some teams, that would be a problem because you wouldn't be able to get the guys the touches. But they, they do. They, they distribute it all across their bevy of weapons so well. They're so well coached, and, the, and they play – uh, at just such a high level. And, and so I have become a little bit of green. The one thing that concerns me, the number one thing that concerns me tonight is, is Clevenger. I think he is a winning coach who will have a tremendous game plan coming in. And the question is going to be, can, can, can the Briar Jumpers execute his game plan? Because if they can, I think this game is going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. But I just don't know that you have an answer for the high-powered offense that is Owensboro Catholic. Listen, the game plan for me, for them to have a shot, has to be uber pressure on Brady. The problem is you can you can develop a defensive game plan, but Catholic across the field has so many weapons 
that you can't guard at all. So it comes down to whether or not you can get pressure on Brady. Now the problem is you can get pressure on him, then you got to get him to the ground. That's the key. Yeah, you know I mean, he's so big, he's strong, fast. You know he, you know you get pressure on him, he may just take off. I think Kalik wins this by three scores or more. I, I'm with you. I'm going to take the Aces by by four touchdowns tonight. Okay, because I think it gets away. I think Somerset's going to want to grind it. They're going to want to grind that clock down. But the, when you do that. You have to end your possessions and scores. It yes. can't be a, a 13, 14 play drive that took 14 minutes off or nine minutes off the clock that ends at no points. Right. So at the end of the day, that, that red zone defense from Catholic, forget what they do between the 20s. Just keep them out of the end zone and you're going to win handily in this game. I think the three keys to victory number one, be let Brady Atwell cook. I yes. mean, at the end of the day, that's what's got him here. I, I feel like, you know, he's going to cook regardless. I think stopping the run, obviously, is a big-time factor. When you talk about those huge uh, cats that go for over 200 yards per game, want to see that front seven play well, and it's just take care of the ball. And, and I, I put a little side note, be aware of the kitchen sink because sometimes when teams come in and they're desperate, they do weird things, fake punts, you know, onside kicks. We saw that last week. Got to be aware of everything in the kitchen sink when you play these types of games when you come in such a heavy favorite. For me, it's right up front. Uh, Somerset has got to put max pressure on Brady. So it becomes the Somerset front seven versus that really good Owensboro-Calico offensive line. And on the other side, it's the Hughes versus the front seven of Owensboro-Catholic. And I think Owensboro-Catholic wins both of those battles and wins this football game. I agree. I think we're going to Kroger with the Aces next week for sure. We'll see if the Devils can pull the upset down in Bowling Green on WVJS. Download the Owensboro Radio app. We'll have you covered. 7 o'clock kickoffs. We'll see you in just a little bit here. Until then, everybody have a great weekend. You've been listening to Live at 5 on 1027 The Game. Special thanks to Foreman Watson Haltry for sponsoring the preceding broadcast. FWHlegal.com. Tune in next time for Live at 5 on 1027 